بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. The Jum'ah Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'ah Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتديا لولا أن هدانا الله. اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم الله صراة وسلام دائمين بدوام منك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وشر أنه الله الذي لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله واحدا ورب شاهدا ونحن المسلمون وشرون سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهروا على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون أما بعد يا عباد الله إني مسيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us people of taqwa People that are mindful of him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, outwardly and inwardly, publicly and privately. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our inner state better than our outer state. And may Allah ta'ala make our outer state good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for those who have a good opinion of us, bless us to be better than they think of us. And not to take us to account for the good traits that they think we have that we don't have. Learning how to deal with what people say is one of the very, very important states of Iman. This is something that you and I need to come to terms with and to understand in great detail here in this world in order to prepare for the meeting with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. For how many people have gone astray because of other people? And how many people have lent an ear to what other people have said, and it might have disturbed them or even derailed them. And in the worst case scenario, it might even have led to their destruction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in his book that in reality, we should only be concerned about our state with him, about what he thinks of us subhanahu wa ta'ala, what anyone thinks about us does not matter. Now when we know people criticize, it is one of the four ways according to Hujjad al-Islam al-Muzadi that we can actually come to know our faults. The number one way is to have a shaykh, to have a teacher, a person of insight that can help you become aware of your faults so that you can overcome them. But you also need a good friend. But one of those other four things is to listen to your critics, to hear what it is that they have to say. Because we know the critic is going to usually only notice the one bad of the 99 good. And maybe that there's a lot more that he or she is criticizing. So on one hand, that we need to benefit from what our critics say and to be balanced and to see, is there any truth in what they're saying? And ultimately, no one should be able to criticize us like 
we've already only criticized ourselves. In other words, we should be hard on our nafs, and we should be very critical on our ego, and take ourselves to account, and speak to ourselves in ways so that the nafs becomes subdued. And if you do that, then there's nothing really anyone can say that can ever harm you, or trouble you, or disturb you. Because you've already criticized yourself with that, and much, much more. But that's a process, that's not easy. We have to believe, and we have to know that that's what we're supposed to do, and then we have to spend time doing it. But the vast majority of us are extremely sensitive. If our egos aren't massaged and stroked, is that we respond. And that oftentimes, not the very best of ways, to say the least. But having said all of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us to only seek approval from Him, to only seek validation from Him. Because in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, not just in the end, this is the only thing that matters, is that we are right with Allah, and that we have done what is pleasing to Allah. In the end, people's chatter and their opinion doesn't matter. But what a blessing. Think if people were the ones responsible for judging us. Everybody would be in the fire. There wouldn't be a single person spared. If people were the ones judging us, and sometimes you might have been friends with someone for years and years and years and years and done 150,000 things that are good. One bad thing. But this is when you come to know your true friends. Is it in the moments of weakness, in the moments of vulnerability? How are we with people in their moments of weakness? If we have subtle envy in our hearts or stuff that's not good, the first opportunity to lash out arises when people's weaknesses start to manifest. How are we? What kind of people are we? The Quran is calling us to be people that, in a sense, are detached from other people's reality, and that we try to live reality in the true sense of the word, i.e., that everything that we do is done solely for the sake of Him, and this is our concern, to be close to Him. And the only exception there are the true shuyukh, the true teachers, that are like mirrors, that help us very gently and very slowly come to know our faults, so that we can work on them, so that we can struggle with ourselves and become purified. But this is why they're so beautiful, because they're so gentle, because they take us from step to step over a long period of time. Imam al-Haddad used to say that sometimes in one narration, an entire year he spends on one of his students to get them to inculcate one virtue, to inculcate one virtue in them. In another narration, 40 years. One virtue. This is a process. And unfortunately, because of people's spiritual immaturity, the vast majority of us don't let other people change. So in Surah Al-Qalam, we learn something very important. And there was an individual by the name of Walid ibn al-Mughira. He was one of the disbelievers. And one of the disbelievers that crossed the bounds and transgressed 
and said things about our Prophet ﷺ that shouldn't have been said. And were he to have an iota of good in him, he would have repented. And then he would have been forgiven, he would have been brought back in. But when you say these things about the best of creation, and you don't repent, and you die on this state, this is one of the worst states to possibly be in. And then ultimately you will go down in history as someone that was a means to show the impeccable character of Rasulullah. We learn about who our prophet was by these very people who opposed him and said terrible things about him. And he was one of those that called the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Just imagine what do people say about us? Majnun means that they're insane. They're a madman. If people were saying this about Rasulullah, the best of creation, who had the best character of anyone in human history, combined, all of the character traits combined, including those of the prophets and messengers, that the Prophet has all of that and much more. That if it could be said about him, and this is just one of many, then what about you and I? What are people then not going to say about you and I? And for the Prophet this is a lie. And it is simply not true. For us, some, or sometimes a good deal about what people say about us, has, if not full truth to it, elements of truth in it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens this chapter and says, Noon. And this is one the haruf and muqatta'a, the unconnected letters. But ultimately, only Allah knows what it means. And he swears by the pen and that which it writes. And there's difference of opinion about what the pen is here. And some of them say that this is the pen that the angels use, the primordial pen that is used to inscribe the divine decree in the Lohan Mahfuth, in the preserved tablet. And another opinion is that it relates to the pens that you and I have here in creation. And this is why one of the things we learned very early on from one of our dear teachers, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, is that take care of pens. Have adab when you use pens. Don't leave pens on the ground. Allah swears by the pens, and pens should be honored. Yes, there's multiple dimensions to the meaning, but pens, if you see a pen on the ground, put it up. Respect it. Carry it in a safe place. Don't demean it. Respect the pen because Allah only swears by something that is great. And think about the fact that we have pens and ink. How much good is still amongst us as a result? Nowadays, because of the printing press, we don't tend to think about this. Imagine a day where the only way to write something down was to dip a reed-like pen or something of that nature into an inkwell. And to write. Scholars used to dictate their books. They didn't have Mektaba Shamila. They used to dictate their books. They used to memorize that an abundant amount of knowledge. And they used to have scribes that would write it down. They would have copyists that then make multiple copies of those books. And it's just amazing that we have so many manuscripts and of all of the printed books that we have. And there's hundreds of thousands of printed books there are only a fraction of the books that still exist in manuscript form, which are only a fraction of the books that were ever written 
because many have been lost throughout the course of history, especially during events like the Mongol invasion, for instance. What were the libraries of Baghdad like when those libraries were burnt and then thrown into the river? So the pen is something great. But then that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, By the grace of your Lord, O Prophet, you are not insane. You are not a madman. So here our Prophet didn't defend himself. But Allah Jalla Jalalu is taking it upon himself to clarify to all of creation. Which one of us, when we make a mistake, will the Lord of the heavens and the earth, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, declare what, what people said was false? This is his beloved. This is the best of creation. It has to be known because our Prophet is the one to be followed. Allah is stating definitively, you are not what they say. And one of the linguistic nuances of this blessed verse is the following, that one of the meanings, part of the meaning of majnoon is to be covered. So the, the one who's majnoon is the one whose intellect is covered. And so in other words, there's another way to translate this verse. In other words, is that you are not veiled from a single blessing of Allah. You've attained all blessings. So one person is calling you, and a group of people are calling you majnoon. But the reality is, is that there is no blessing saved that you've received it. This is the stature of our Prophet ﷺ with Allah Jalla Jalaluh. And then Allah Ta'ala goes on to describe, And you will certainly have an unceasing, a never-ending reward. All of the troubles that you go through, all of the hardships that you are forced to bear to convey this message, everything that people do to you, all of the energy that you expend, you surely are going to get rewarded for that. But not just any type of reward. It's never going to end. And ultimately, is that if one of the awliya from his ummah can reach a stage, where they have exponential spiritual increase in every single moment. I.e., not just there's increase, exponential increase. One plus one is two, but then not three. A summation of the previous moments. So one plus two plus three, that's six. And then there's degrees, varying degrees of exponential increase. And no one had degrees of taraqi and ascension like our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. And the other meaning here again as well, because the Qur'an can have multiple meanings, is You will have a reward from Allah where no one is in a position where they can say that they graced you or that they had something to do with it. In other words, There's no men. No one can remind you of any charity that they did for you. Because it was directly from me, subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a meaning. Everything that he received was without wasita. 
There was no intermediary. It was directly from Allah Jalla Jalala. Everything that we receive is through the intermediary of Him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But again, let's remind ourselves we're talking about words in the book of Allah. These are the words of our Creator, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, teaching us how it is that we need to be in relation to His beloved. So how can we not have ta'zim and exaltation in our hearts for Rasulullah? How can we have such a dry relationship with him? How can it not be intimate? How could you ever think that you can praise him too much? How could you ever think that you are going to have an incorrect understanding of his greatness? The Prophet clarified he wasn't worried about shirk after him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We need to understand our Prophet as the Sahaba did. And the more that we do, the more that you and I will benefit. And this is why our Prophet said so many things that he said, so that you and I could know who he is, so you and I can benefit. Because the more that we realize he is Rasulullah, it is written on the throne, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. On the throne. What is the throne? It is written on the throne that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So noon by the pen in what, in, what, in what it writes, by the grace of your Lord, O Prophet, you are not insane. You will certainly have a never-ending reward. And then the famous verse, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُكَ And you are truly of outstanding character. No one will ever truly realize how great your character is. And here, Allah is the word that you use. If I would say, I have put my phone, Allah, on top of something. It's as if that if good character were an object that you could grab, the Prophet is on top of it, i.e. fully in control of it. And the essence of good character is where praiseworthy acts stem from you without any thought, naturally. Our Prophet didn't force himself to have good character. You and I have to do that. You and I have to strive to have good character so that we can then be people of good character. There's what's called tahallum and tasabbur and tashajjah and takarram and all of these different forms that the fa'al form is to strive to be a certain way so that that can become your reality. And if you force yourself to be patient, Allah will grant you patience. So Allah is clarifying the reality of Rasulullah. And it is this verse that inspired the great Imam, Imam Abdullah bin Alwi al-Haddad, one of the great Imams of this Ummah to this day. One of his lines of poetry is hanging in front of the Hujr al-Sharifa. And if you have a picture of Medina that you can see it, just to the right, there's three verses. And then the verse to the right, just above that, there is a blessed line of character. Nabiyun Aldimun Kutbi. That a prophet, and that this prophet is who? Has the one who has great character. And he is the one that the All-Merciful has magnified in his book. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this, then how could anyone ever truly praise him? 
Allah Jalla Jalalu has praised him. But as the author said, Walakin Filhubbin Fisara But it's out of love that we praise him, even though that we will never ever praise him as he truly deserves to be praised. Allah Jalla Jalalu has already praised him. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this translates, you soon, you soon you and the pagans, those that are saying these things, will see. Is that you will see, O Muhammad, Ya Rasulullah, and those disbelievers who said these things will truly see. They're going to see what's going to be the end result in the hereafter, but even before then, here in this dunya. You will see, and they will see. Which one of you is majnoon? Which one of you is maftoon? Which one of you? That is mad. Or in the broader sense, is that which one of you is going to be tried with fitna? And so, this is a tahdeed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning the people during the time of the Prophet and those who come after, is that if you try to oppose Rasulullah, it's not going to end good. There's a blessing and a mercy in warnings. We don't want to be, we don't want to be We don't want to be humiliated in this process. We know that Allah has promised our Prophet that this deen is going to spread. We want to help that. We don't want to be those who are humiliated or lowered in the process. We want to do our part, especially as believers who believe in Him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Soon you in the pagans, the disbelievers, will see which of you is mad. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ مِنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهُ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ Surely your Lord knows best who has strayed from his way and who is rightly guided. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows who's gone astray and he knows who is rightly guided. What does this teach us? This is teaching you and I to disassociate ourselves from the bad things that people say about us. This is to disassociate ourselves so that we create a gap between us and other people. And we recognize that it only matters what our Lord thinks about us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the end, we could make many mistakes. And if we've made mistakes, we should apologize. And we should seek the forgiveness of Allah. And if Allah forgives us, khalas. The slate is clean. The slate is clean. And we should always remember that. We are not the ones who are going to judge. It is Allah Jalla Jalalu. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to Rasulullah and by extension his ummah. So do not give in to those who disbelieve, to the deniers. Don't give in. Remain firm on your principles in a state of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They wish that you would compromise so they would yield to you. We don't compromise on principles. 
when it comes to principles, they're principles. And by nature and by definition, this is what we have to adhere to. And now, this individual who said what he said about Rasulullah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now going to expose him because what he said was a lie. And as the scholars say, is that there were 10 things that were mentioned here. And this is the reward for someone who says something wrong about the Prophet Allah himself will defend his Prophet and he will expose you. And so he's going to mention 10 things about this individual, Walib ibn Mughayrah. And one of the things he didn't know about, and there's a story that will come that he then found out about after this revelation took place. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا And do not obey the despicable, vain oath-taker. And we don't have time to go into the meanings here, but this is also beneficial for you and I to hear about these negative qualities that we want to avoid. And by knowing what we shouldn't be like, it helps us to be like the way that we should. Hamazin, and bin Namim, slanderer, gossip mongerer, manna'in lil khairi, withholder of good, mu'tadin, transgressor, a theme, evildoer. Brute, and on top of all of that, an illegitimate child. And he didn't know this. And he actually went to his mother and said that Muhammad has said nine things about me that I found to be true, but I'm not sure about this one. And then he actually said to his mother, if you do not tell me the truth, I'm going to cut your head off with a sword. That's not how you talk to your mother. But he was a disbeliever. And those shows she told him what had actually truly happened. As it turns out that his father was impotent and unable to have children. And he didn't even know about it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, In Canada, Madam and Benin, now simply because he has been blessed with abundant wealth and children. Whenever our revelations are recited to him, he says, ancient fables. We will soon mark his snout. In other words, he'll have a sign <coughs> that on his face, which is the most precious of all of our limbs, and this is a person is denied. These are warnings that we need to be aware of and to be very careful about how we speak about anyone but especially people who are beloved to Allah, especially prophets of Allah, and no one more than our Prophet Muhammad We have to love him and exalt him and magnify him and honor him. And this is why the scholars say that it's recommended, even though it's not directly mentioned in the hadith, that even in the tashahud, in prayer, instead of just saying, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadan, which is permissible, that we add Sayyidina. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Of all of the meanings of siyada, preeminence, and however it is that you choose to translate that word, none of them were gathered anyone like our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi So we learn so much from the book of Allah. But here, this is to learn who our Prophet is and to learn his stature. 
And to be able to follow him, so you and I become divorced from what other people say about you and I. And we should be concerned only what our Lord that says about us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and what we should really be longing for is to be from the ibadillah salihin, the righteous servants of Allah that become beloved to him, and such that he calls out to the angel Gabriel and says that indeed I love so-and-so, so love him. And then Gabriel tells this to the angels in heaven that he loves so-and-so, so love them. And he will then be given acceptance here in this earth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to see truth as true truth is. And bless us to be able to follow it. And bless us to be from those who love those whom he loves. And thus become beloved to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Hirabil Adameen, Wafdar Sada, Watemu Taslim, Ada Sayyidina Mulana Muhammadan, Wada Adi, who was Sahbi Salim Ajmain, Washaruna Ilahilallah, Washaruna Muhammad Rasullah, Mabad, Ya Ibadullah, Nimusikum, one of Siyaya, Itakwallah. In Allah, who Malaikatu Saluna, Alin Nebi, Ya Yuhaladina Amanu, Salu Ali, he was Salimu Taslima. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad Kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ala Sayyidina Ibrahim Innaka hamidu majeen Wa baraka ala Muhammadin wa ala ala Muhammad Kama baraka ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ala Sayyidina Ibrahim Fil alameen innaka hamidu majeen Wa radiyallahu ta'ala an sadatan khulafa rashidin Abi Bakr wa Ummu wa Uthman wa Ali wa jami'a sadatan al-sahaba al-karam Wa ahla bayt al-rasulillah al-mutahharin min al-jas وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات المسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم منوات يا أول الأولين ويا آخر الآخرين ويا ذو القوة المتين ويا راحم المساكين أنجزنا الرحمة من عندك نسأل بها في الدنيا والآخرة We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq in all of our affairs and bless us hearts, our hearts to be solely for him subhanahu wa ta'ala to renew in our hearts the love of him and the love of his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and bless us to be firm upon the meanings of Iman, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimin adorn our hearts with the very best of character and purify our hearts, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimin from everything that is displeasing to you may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all with long lives in his obedience, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimin and open up the doors of goodness for every single last one of us and give relief to the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad to strengthen the Iman of Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad to have mercy upon the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad and to forgive the sins of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad and to rectify the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad and may we live and die upon the meanings of Iman and may the very last thing that we say when we exit this dunya we la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah completely actualizing its meanings inwardly and outwardly awakum Allah nasrukum Allah inna Allah yamar bil'adi wa ihsani wa ita'i dhil qurba wa inha anid fahshai wa al-mukir al-baghi ya idhukum la'alikum tadakkurun udhkur al-alazim yadhkurkum wa ashkuruna annim hizidkum Thank you for listening to one of Al-Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content 
المقاصد.org/connect